everyone, and welcome to The Wrap, brought to you by Michigan Medicine Headlines. I'm Dan Elman with the Department of Communication. And I'm Dan's co-host for the day, Kelly Malcolm. Today, we're going to give you insight into the importance of genetics research and how it is helping advance health for patients at Michigan Medicine and across the globe. Now, before we get into that, you go back and research any episodes of The Wrap you may have missed. You can find the shows on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or any other podcast hosting platform. New episodes can also be found on the Michigan Medicine YouTube channel and as part of the headlines we can review. And on that note, let's bring in our guest, Dr. Anthony Scott, a clinical assistant professor in the Division of Genetic Medicine in the Department of Internal Medicine and a member of the Precision Health Implementation Work Group. Dr. Scott, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for this opportunity. So first, how do patients find out whether or not they have a genetic risk for a disease? They'll undergo an evaluation by a clinical geneticist, genetic counselor, or other healthcare provider who orders genetic testing through a clinical genetic testing laboratory. The laboratory then looks for changes in genes and think of them as spelling errors in how your body's um, instructions to function and develop. If you find a spelling change that maybe turns off the instruction, you know, changes it so it doesn't work correctly, that can be associated with specific genetic diseases or um, increased risk for certain diseases like cancer. So once a patient finds out they have an elevated risk for a genetic disease, what then? What options do they have and what do providers typically do with this information? Great question. And, um, you know, a lot of my research and a lot of my patient care does revolve around cancer risk. So in those situations, if we find a genetic change associated with an increased risk for cancer, we would recommend broader surveillance in the general population. You know, for example, we're all supposed to get, you know, colonoscopies, women's supposed to get mammograms at certain ages, but with a specific genetic testing result that says, you're at an increased risk for cancer, you would be therefore eligible for more frequent screening tests, different screening tests, such as we would look for cancer in other parts of the body. We would look for cancer, you know, using multiple ways, like say both a mammogram and a breast MRI and identify ideally precancerous lesions or cancer at an earlier stage. So that's what we do with, with that information from a cancerous perspective. And then from a more broader adult medical genetics perspective, you know, that would maybe suggest that we need to make sure are they at risk for any sort of cardiovascular disease, specifically structural changes that we would be following with an echocardiogram, um, anything that we need to be treating medically, such as an elevated risk for cardiac events, so increased um, cholesterol control. This genetic testing also might impact diabetes treatments and a whole lot more. I, I could go on, you know, indefinitely with all the different types of genetic diseases that we see. But yeah, basically we find a genetic change and we tailor our treatment and or surveillance to best optimize a patient's health. Excellent. So what is the EPIC genomics indicator module and how will it help providers? Yeah, a great question. You know, so to identify the problem, the issue with genetic testing as of right now is that we order it, we obtain the report from the clinical testing lab, but there isn't a standardized process for inputting the data into my chart, into our electronic health record. We get the report, it's part of the patient's chart, but it's stored somewhere in the media tab um, in a random note. 
you know, compare that with, say, a, a blood count or a kidney function test that's readily available in the results tab, easily accessible, easily transferred in between notes and between providers. Epic Genomics Indicator Module wants to use genetic testing results as any other lab result. So it's going to be inter entered into a patient's record as a discrete data element, allowing providers to search for it more easily natively within the um, EPIC system. And also too, um, can translate this result into specific indicators into the patient's chart to suggest um, specific medication adjustments, therapies, surveillance, and things of that nature. It also provides a mechanism to assist providers to identify patients who are at risk for genetic diseases, um, going back to the uh, cholesterol example I brought up in the previous question. If they have an especially elevated cholesterol level, that might trigger an alert in the patient's chart to suggest further evaluation. And it also provides a patient and provider-facing tool for education regarding genetic disorders. Okay, that sounds wonderful. I guess you kind of touched on this a little bit, but do you have an example of a situation where having this information led to more targeted therapy? Or do you have any successful use cases of the module? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Maybe not the module specifically since it's just got online, but the main use case so far is the integration of tumor testing results into the MyChart environment. Um, specifically, the idea being that a patient's tumor makeup can help direct the oncologist to utilize more targeted therapy to treat cancers. Um, to be pretty specific, Immunotherapy, immune checkpoint inhibitors are being used for Lynch syndrome. A class of medication called PARP inhibitors are those um, use, useful for those patients with genetic changes in BRCA1 and 2, um, a relatively common genetic change you may have heard about in the common press. Um, and basically, it helps to identify those patients more easily who would be at um, an increased benefit of those sorts of drugs. And then also, too, um, it can provide eligibility for clinical trials based on the tumor's makeup as well. Awesome. So is there anything else you would want our listeners to know about the module or really anything else that your team is working on here at Michigan Medicine? I think a major point of emphasis, too, early on in this module's implementation has been the great work of our pharmacogenetics team, Kristen Ward and Amy Pasternak. Um, basically, they're able to leverage this module to provide medication recommendations that are tailored to a patient-specific genetic makeup. Um, specifically, certain genetic changes can be associated with how an uh, individual might metabolize or break down medications differently than, than, than the next person that would warrant uh, dose adjustments or different medications to use in their stead. Um, you know, for example, um, Interventional cardiology has helped draft notifications for uh, clopidogrel or Plavix, an important drug used particularly after um, coronary uh, artery stent placement um, and similar um, vascular stent placements um, with the idea that if a patient has, has a specific genetic change, they might metabolize Plavix differently and um, that you want to balance the need to keep the artery um, open patent versus increased bleeding risk. So um, as new um, recommendations come out, new notifications using the genomics module are coming through on a rolling basis. We are able to kind of integrate these in, in real time um, through you know larger databases of how 
genetic information can be used to prescribe medications. Um, and then, you know, as I mentioned, I, we are part of the Precision Health Implementation Work Group, uh, Dr. Karen Deep Singh, um, from a Precision Health and, and Implementation perspective, um, as this module is rolled out, uh, we hope that these indicators can provide research opportunities, um, specifically any patient-facing indicators, um, how we're using this to guide medication prescribing, and um, how we're getting patients plugged in with the right genetic testing that they need. Um, and bit by bit, we're starting to, as these data accumulate, validating them in EPIC and the um, RDW, the research data warehouses, to make these available for researchers. Fantastic. Well, thank mm -hmm. you so much um, for this insight into your work and the work of the Precision Health Group. This information will go a long way to helping patients get the potential treatments they need. But your work here isn't quite done. It's time mm -hmm. for our lightning round when we ask our guests four quickfire questions. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. uh, sure. All right. So, of course, the Super Bowl was played this past weekend with Kansas City eking past the, the Eagles. Uh, are you into sports? And if so, which one is your favorite sport to watch or play? I'm a Buffalo Bills fan, a Buffalo Sabres Ooh. fan. I, I like watching uh, football and hockey. Um, follow Chelsea FC in the Premier League. I used to play soccer when I was younger. Right now, it's just basically low impact cardio at this stage of my. Uh... <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I was, uh, you know, again, with the Bills and against the Chiefs, there's a little bit of history there. So I was hoping for the Eagles, but um, there's always next year. Spoken like a true Bills fan. There's always next year. The Lions <laughs> fans are the same way. At least yeah. the Bills have a little more success than the mm -hmm. Lions. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so last week was also National Pizza Day. What is your favorite pizza topping? Um, I guess I'm pretty vanilla. I would just say you know, pepperoni, potentially. Pepperoni nice. and onion. I'm not terribly picky, but um, so. <laughs> nice. All right. On a more serious note now. Who would you say has been the biggest mentor in your career? That's a really good question. I've been pretty lucky here at University of Michigan. Um, you know, my current division chief, Dr. Narl, has really guided me through um, my early career here with my research. And um, Dr. Kitzman in human genetics has been great, too. And, um, you know, I've really appreciated, uh, you know, Dr. Stoffel, um, Elena Stoffel in the um, cancer genetics clinic, too. She's really helped me along from a clinical perspective. And then. I also like to mention uh, Dr. Shane Quinones, too, who really helped me out a lot um, as a genetics trainee, got me into the field, and it also has guided me through my early career as well. So, um, yeah, great question. I never really thought of that as one specific person, but I've really been uh, really been lucky here at University of Michigan with a lot of people who have helped me a lot. That's wonderful. Okay, and finally, spring break is probably on people's minds at this time of year, although it's pretty nice out. Um, where would be your perfect vacation destination? I, I guess I've been to Hawaii a couple times, especially this time of year. I, I went um, in my intern year, March, and it was like 30 degrees out here. You go, it's 70 degrees and sunny all the time, and um, 80 degrees and sunny all the time. And I think, you know, that for me might be at my ideal spring break. You know, we flew back and our power was out 50 degrees in, in our condo. But uh, I, I guess I would say, yeah, based on spring breaks past, that would be it. And then um, we're going on our trip for actually first since COVID um, to Iceland this spring break, 2023. Oh, wow. So that, yeah. 
That sounds fascinating. I've always wanted to go to Iceland. Just the yeah. idea of it and and whenever anyone goes and I see the photos, it's just, you know, mind boggling. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds great. <laughs> yeah. I see what you did there. Uh, well, thank you, Dr. Scott, for joining us today. If you want to learn more about genetics research and the work being done here at Michigan Medicine, go to mmheadlines.org. That's mmheadlines.org. While you're there, you can check out other featured stories from this past week, including a look at the areas at Michigan Medicine who are utilizing the recognition platform to improve their culture and climate. Find that story and much, much more at mmheadlines.org. Okay, Dan, I don't want the pizza discussion <laughs> to go away too quickly. What is your favorite kind of pizza? So I, um, I'm actually like Dr. Scott, I'm pretty boring when it comes to pizza. Like I used to always just go with pepperoni. I will throw like jalapenos on there now. Um, but I do remember I was at a restaurant once and I just ordered the pepperoni pizza and the waitress there asked me if I wanted something a little more adult. So, uh, if I wanted to add anything, so I wasn't sure that it was the best tactic by her to insult the person that will be giving her a tip, but um, yeah, I will stick with the kid's favorite. I will go with pepperoni um, and I will do so uh, unashamedly. How about you? <laughs> um, well, speaking of Hawaii, I actually love Hawaiian pizza. I love pineapple and ham on my pizza. I know that's it's a big controversy. To a I lot know. of people, but it's so good. It's a perfect salty, sweet combination. Awesome. All right. Well, it's time for the weekly trivia contest. This week's question is, what is the name of the initiative launched by two nurses at Mott to help combat racism? Once again, what is the name of the initiative launched by two nurses at Mott to help combat racism? You can find the answer in a recent headline story. And once you know it, send it to headlines at med.umich.edu for the chance to win a prize. And that's all the time we have for today. Dr. Scott, thank you so much for joining us. And thanks as always to our listeners and viewers for everything you do for patients, families, and each other. We'll see you next week.